So this week we've had some revelations, shall we call them, about uh, sexism, predators, and assault in gaming. And this is not necessarily a conversation that is exclusive to the World of Warcraft community by any means. The um, I had I I guess the the accusations or, or the stories that came out uh, very much started in other communities, but it definitely grew and spread as women felt more and more comfortable sharing their experiences in the world of gaming. It spans men across all platforms, across different developers, and it really encompasses the entire gaming industry. And I want to make sure that people understand that much like the Me Too movement of a few years ago in terms of the the movie industry, this is not unique to gaming. This is very much prevalent in all aspects of not only professional industries in terms of work environments, but in people's personal lives. Like this just is everywhere all the time, which is very difficult, I think, for a lot of people to wrap their heads around and kind of reckon with because I think that the one part of not only the the original Me Too movement, but now what has been happening over the past week in gaming, there is this feeling of, but I know him, I can't believe it. Or not necessarily that I don't believe the the women or the stories or the accounts, but it's a lot of people that um, have been looked up to or have had careers modeled after or you've been, you know, fans of their content for so long, whether that be podcasts or Twitch streams or YouTube videos or or games, you know, whatever the case is. I think that there there's there's a large difference between someone's public persona and what they feel comfortable doing behind closed doors. And I think for a very, very long time, and again, it's not unique to the gaming industry, but the gaming industry being so male dominated is definitely um, a, uh, let's call it a hotspot. Um, because they're, because it's so male dominated, there's a lot of safety in numbers there's a lot of um, they, the, a lot of the people who are committing these things feel protected and feel immune. And there are a lot of actions that have happened from brands and companies and communities that have allowed them to feel that way for so long and have made women feel like they can't speak up. And they can't come forward and they can't share their stories for a variety of reasons. And I am not immune to that. I've been I've been in many, many terrible situations. Over my time, 
not only as a podcaster, but I'm not going to go into my life before podcasting, but it definitely, like I said, this is something that happens not only in the gaming industry, but it's just a way of life for a lot of women, which is hard to grapple with. It's hard to reckon with. It's hard to understand if you've never experienced it. So even just in my podcasting life, there are so many things that have happened to me that I don't even know how to go about telling my story. And I could give lots of examples, but I'm hoping that just saying that it happens <laughs> to me is enough for, for you guys to kind of understand that, you know, like you see me streaming, you listen to me on multiple shows every week and through all of that, I seem fine. I don't bring it up. I don't talk about it. Um, and that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. I don't even like, I, I feel like at this point I've even kind of like lost the thread of like the point that I'm trying to make here and, and what I want to get across to you guys. But, um, in general, this moment in time people sharing their stories about different abuses in the gaming industry it's time to to listen to them to understand that these things do happen and that it impacts the victims in a very permanent way it changes the way they think about themselves it changes the way that they act in social situations. It doesn't remain confined to when they are out with people that they don't know. It's something that follows you through your entire life. It makes you change when and where you do things. It makes you enter a room and try to figure out if something bad happens, how do I get out? It makes you inform multiple people in your life about what you're doing and what they should do if you don't check in with them in a couple of hours. And I'm not talking about putting yourself in a, like what most people would probably think is a traditionally unsafe situation. I'm talking about, I tell my husband, I'm going to the grocery store. I am going to be X number of minutes. And if I am not back by this time, then you should try to contact me. If you cannot contact me, then there is a problem. And that's just how I live my normal life. And it's not for no reason. It's just an extra level of precaution that I feel I need to take because of all of the instances where I have been put into unsafe situations in just the normal world that I live in that most people wouldn't even think of. Like going to the grocery store shouldn't be something you have to think twice about, but it is. And that's not easy for some people to hear. So with that, I guess, introduction, <laughs> caveat, um, I feel like we really need to talk about and inform you guys about some of the things that have come forward 
in the last few days because the WoW community is not immune to this. And one thing that I have noticed over the last few days that has been extraordinarily frustrating to me is that no one seems to want to talk about it. So you might not want to hear about it, but I'm going to talk about it because although there have been a lot of people sharing their stories, and when I say a lot, there are entire spreadsheets full as people attempt to curate the amount of information that's being put out there, but it is overwhelming. And I think that a lot of people aren't like haven't even heard aren't aware or what but there there are people even within our own communities that have been called out for their behavior and i think it's important that we highlight that because i am part of many different communities in the wow com in the broader wow community i'm part of different guilds and different discords and conversations i follow a lot of different people on twitter and stories and accusations have come to light and it's like there's just so many that people aren't paying attention to the individuals and nothing being said no one's talking about these things so so we're going to talk about it and i've probably droned on too long now but we're going to talk about it so um first and foremost and i think probably the biggest one and the most uh widely reaching issue going on and being dealt with and being kind of reckoned with in the wow community right now are um, the accusations and the stories that have to do with Method. So uh, obviously you guys know who Method is. They are the guilds, the, the race for world first. They're so central within the WoW community and they've always been, you know, the best of the best. And um, at least in terms of, of performance in Warcraft. So I think a lot of you guys know who they are. They almost need no introduction, but unfortunately, um, the method has now parted ways with Josh, Method Josh, or I guess formerly Method Josh. I don't know what he's going to go by now, but um, there have been many, 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 many stories and messages and images shared about his grooming of young women. I think the the youngest story that I have seen was a 14-year-old. And it's absolutely disgusting. So Method has now parted ways with Josh. They have also placed their co-CEO, um, is it Sasha? Sasha? Steve? Stephens? Sasha, yes. Sasha, yeah. Uh, on unpaid leave uh, while his misconduct is being investigated. And uh, there have been many different women who have come forward about him as well. So those are the kind of uh, two focal points within the method organization. Although um, there have been a lot of questions raised about the overall culture within the method team. And in particular, there's been a lot of questions about who knew what when, because in the cases of um, Tash and Josh, there are very much um, like I mean, everyone always talks about proof and receipts, which I also think is that's a whole other conversation. But in these two cases, there is a lot of evidence of misdoings. <clears throat> And I think that, um, or I guess wrongdoings, misdeeds, making up words here, um, 
there is quite a lot of evidence and it's raising the questions of why was something not done sooner and are these the only two cases within the organization and how does the organization move forward from here? So it's, it's clear that this was at least brought to their attention two years ago for some allegations, at least more have come forward. They've now parted, but they had the chance. And one of the, one of the most damning things is that these happen all the time. People will say, well, why didn't they come forward? And then the reaction of victim blaming starts. And I think that's the biggest thing that needs to change to stop protecting these uh, these people. Yes, they're you talk about method and you say that they are like the best in raiding. And then you have to stop yourself and, and specify that just because their performance in a video game puts them at that level doesn't mean that they as a character uh, as their character are at that level as well. And you look at the streams for Method Josh, and he puts on a character, or so we thought. And now we're finding these allegations that fit so well into that character, and so many of them, with so much like evidence behind it. And still people are like, oh no, giving every excuse in the book. And I want to say there's a difference between the court procedure of innocent till proven guilty and there is a difference between the public domain and seeing everything coming forward and realizing that you really need to distance yourself from that so good on method for finally starting to do the right thing but it is incredibly hollow when so much of this seems to have been known beforehand. We give Blizzard such a hard time for their uh, complete fumble of Blitzchung, yet we give such a quick pass to these, uh, to these events. And, the, uh, and it happens all the time where we have this victim blaming, this making excuses, this, oh, what was she drinking? What was she wearing? Why did uh, why did this happen? It's incumbent on us as a society to like be better, to treat people as people, to respect their decisions. Uh, it's hard to even go through th uh, this conversation without thinking of all the excuses that people will come up with. Go ahead. And and those those excuses is what makes it so hard to come forward and to talk about a lot of these things. Like I said off, off the top when I was giving the introduction to this entire topic, there are a lot of examples in my personal life that have to do with things that have happened to me as part of the podcasting community and then later the WOW community. And I don't talk about them because there is a an absolute fear of repercussions of of being blamed of 
being ostracized. And I think that there's actually um, a really, really good episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, and I probably should have looked it up before now to point you guys in the right direction, but I will put a link to it in the show notes. I'm going to go, I'm going to go find it after the fact, but it essentially talks about a woman who comes forward with allegations against a coworker and the, the police in Brooklyn Nine-Nine want her to press charges. And at first she refuses, but eventually comes, comes forward and tells her story and they press charges and she ends up leaving her job anyways, because she's basically like the tattletale, the one that, you know, came forward and is now, you know, excluded from events and excluded from conversations and excluded from communities because people, you know, she didn't follow the company line. She didn't fall in line. She, you know, people, there's this fear of, of someone who is willing to speak out. And that very much hits home. Yeah. For people wondering, that is the he said, she said episode um, from season six, episode eight. Thank you. Um, and yeah, there there's a lot of really good information in there that hit really that really hit home with me. And I was I was very happy when I watched the episode because. They on on a comedy show, they managed to tackle a, a very real and very serious issue in a way that resonated a lot with me. And so, I mean, like I say, I don't speak necessarily about my experiences because of a fear of no longer being able to participate in the communities that I've spent so much time building and and just existing in. So. I I want to kind of give you guys that that context when you see a lot of these stories and you see a lot of these people speaking out is it's not easy. It's not something that should be taken lightly. And these stories begin to come out in groups like this because there are strength in numbers, because people feel like they will be targeted less if they are part of a larger movement. And I want you to take the time as much as you can to listen to those stories. And I also want to be very clear that there are many forms of sexism. There are many forms of predation. There are many forms of grooming. There are many forms of harassment and there are many forms of assault. Just because a rape does not take place does not mean that the events are inconsequential. I really want to drive that point home because that seems to be the bar that people hold that if someone hasn't physically assaulted another person that their actions are okay and it is absolutely not okay on my half i want to say don't immediately become defensive don't immediately decide one way or the other you can start the conversation sometimes you'll make mistakes often our first impulse is wrong 
but you have to start somewhere. You have to try to understand. You have to take the allegations seriously, which is not the same as instantly damning somebody, but you have to treat these things with all seriousness because the chance that you allow it to continue is abhorrent. And we have to try and make this world where we aren't dealing with like half the world being silenced and marginalized and scarred internally, externally for life with people who have influence simply because of their station, with people who have influence because another person is new, right? With people who have influence because they're popular. There are so many people who are like streamers and beyond uh, beyond like Method being like great because of their rating, Method Josh was a streamer and his culture very much festered that sort of thing. It was years ago that he got banned from Twitch for the exact same thing that's coming out now. And he was still part of the team. To let that slide, how many people did Method give a platform to be assaulted and groomed and scarred for the rest of their lives because they didn't really see they it didn't fall in the right place in their cost benefit ratio for their brand and for their bottom line people's lives need to mean more than that and this is the irreparable damage of many people's lives that we have to consider and i do want to take a moment and and speak about grooming specifically because i know it, it came up in our guild discord i think there's a lot of people that don't understand exactly what that concept is and also i think a lot of people believe that it applies only to children which i think in josh's case absolutely he was targeting minors there there was absolutely a, a, a child grooming problem there but more broadly, the term applies when you have anyone in a position of power and anyone who is in a vulnerable position, whether that is in terms of their relationship to that person in a, you know, like a teacher student in a, you know, boss to a subordinate type of a relationship or in a more gaming specific example, if you have a large streamer and someone trying to break into the industry, it applies in any sort of power dynamic where one person is vulnerable and one person is powerful. And the person in the power position uses the vulnerabilities of the other person to their advantage over time to gain their trust and then flips it back on them and uses them. It is a very abusive relationship. Sometimes it takes months or years. Sometimes 
this is really hard for me to talk about. It can take a very long time and it can sometimes from the outside look normal. And I think that's what a lot of people struggle with when we start to talk about power dynamics and when we start to talk about grooming, because if you're not in it, you don't necessarily see it. So people can struggle with recognizing it in the first place. People can struggle with reconciling the public versus private events when stories like this start to come out. So with with all of that kind of context in mind, there is someone else that I want to talk about because they have been involved in many communities that have been um, like kind of close that, that I've worked closely with that, you know, the FAS community has integrated with that our guilds have integrated with. And that is Mark Honan. And he was also a podcaster alongside one of my best friends on a mental health and Warcraft show for a very long time, which put him into a position that allowed him to get very close to vulnerable women in the community who had a lot of mental health issues because that was the platform that he had been given. That was the entire point of the show was to deal with mental health issues in the context of the Warcraft community. So on top of being in a position of power in terms of being a podcaster, he also had access to a very, very vulnerable part of the community. And he used that and he used them. And we have links to all of the stories in our show notes. But if you guys can't tell, I'm really angry about this one specifically. So in Mark Honan's case, I think that it really brings to light that there are going to be people whose names are going to be brought up that you may not expect and I think that kind of leads to a little bit of a larger conversation about our role as a community and as a society in terms of bringing things forward, in terms of intervening, in terms of, of seeing the actions of others and not backing down and allowing them to believe that it's okay. I think each and every one of us can do more. And I think that it very much starts with supporting people who are coming forward because it is not easy. What I really hope people begin to see and really start to think about because I think this happens in a lot of our social circles. And I think that's probably why this specific situation makes me so angry is because I was at best complicit. These are the kinds of people in your social groups, potentially, that you 
feel you have to handle, that you watch them when they drink, that you are careful about who you introduce them to, that you maybe try to keep your female friends away from, or that you warn your social group about. They're the people that you hear the stories and the rumors and you shrug it off as, oh, that guy's a jerk or, oh man, you know, again, you guys know these people. I knew these people. I knew this person. I heard about this person, but I shrugged it off because I didn't think that you know, I, I didn't believe the stories or I blamed the, the women involved or a hundred different things. I didn't know all the ins and outs, but I kind of knew like, oh, yeah, maybe that's not a guy that I want my friends being involved with. And we've all done it. And it's not OK. And I'm just as guilty as many other people in this specific instance. As a whole, we can do better. We need to do better. I need to do better. And though I feel incredibly hopeless right now, and the reason I feel that way is for everything I've expressed over the last 30 to 40 minutes. Apologies, guys. But I think the reason that I feel this complete hopelessness is because I don't have a fix. I don't know what to tell you in terms of next steps or broad changes. It seems like we're so far gone and there are so many things that I want to see change that it feels overwhelming. And I know that in those cases, People often get overwhelmed and shut down and it's easier to continue the way that we have been going. And that has happened repeatedly. This is not the first time these kind of accusations have come up within our industry, within the wider world. And things don't change. The Me Too movement started years ago and people in our industry still felt safe and protected. People in our lives still felt safe and protected. Even when a majority of women are speaking out and saying, yes, me too. Yes, this has also happened to me. Yes, I feel like this. Yes, men do this. These men in our community still felt protected. We still kept them safe. They still thought they could get away with it. And that's why I feel so hopeless. That's why I feel like we don't have any direction. That's why I feel like there are so many parts of our communities and societies that need to change their attitude and need to open their eyes a little bit to the point that, like, I can give you a laundry list if you guys want to hit me up. I can tell you all the things that they need to do. Uh, Twitch has started to take some amount of action to bring this back to an actual news story instead of a Joss rant. Twitch has taken some amount of action in terms of permabanning 
people where they have extraordinarily amounts of evidence, basically too much evidence to ignore. They have started uh, permavanning people who have been uh, abusers in the past. But I don't think that like that's a that's trying to cure a symptom. That's not actually going after the root cause of a lot of these issues. And I think that Internet anonymity has a lot to do with it in terms of harassment issues. I think that there's a lot of things that can change that would, you know, deal with a lot of different issues, not just sexism and, and harassment, but also racism, like we talked about only a couple of weeks ago. I think there, there's a lot of systemic change that needs to happen and it's going to be very, very hard, which makes me feel hopeless because I don't think it's going to happen. I hope it does. I hope listening to me and Manny talk over the last half hour has made even the smallest amount of difference. But right now, I feel completely and utterly hopeless. It seems hopeless now, but... The way that you move forward is to start moving forward. You might be sitting there to your, uh, thinking to yourself that you're a good guy and you're not the kind of guy who does this, but are you the kind of guy who sees something happening and doesn't want to get involved? Are you the kind of guy who says that it's not your business? Are, are you the kind of guy who says, well, they're drinking and they'll sort it out? Don't be that guy. The worst case scenario, you can be the guy who sort of interrupted. She sends you away and gets back to whatever they were doing in a consensual manner. But if you give her that out, that might be all she needs to step out of that situation. I'm not talking about being a white knight. I'm talking about being part of a community. Be better. Force people to be better. Have the conversation. Do not ignore obvious signs. And if we can do that, then the predators will find other waters. Or maybe they'll just smarten up one day. I don't hope for that, but we can make a difference, even if we have people who want to sweep it under the rug. Over the course of this conversation, I really think that I've decided that I do want to share one of my stories because... It's a little bit more uplifting in the vein of what Manny just said in terms of inserting yourself into a situation and helping vulnerable members of your community. I'm going to share a story with you guys of what happened to me at BlizzCon last year. I was in the lobby of one of the hotels just outside of the venue and we were doing a meetup for a move, which is, if you guys aren't aware, the um, network of shows run by Garrett includes the Angry Chicken, Into the Nexus, um, and when it first came out, included uh, For Azeroth. So every year at BlizzCon, we do a meetup. And this past year, we decided to kind of incorporate our meetup instead of doing it ahead of the con we decided to do it at the end of the con in one of the hotel lobbies because it was where a lot of people were gathering anyways we didn't want to pull people away from other communities so we integrated our meetup into kind of like the final night festivities which included not only the people 
who were fans of our show, but then obviously a lot of other con goers. Well, I was at this meetup, somebody, and I don't know who, and I don't know when or how, drugged my drink. And when I realized what was happening to me, I put a call out to my raid team because I knew that they were close by, thankfully. And one of my raid members was able to come and save me <laughs> and take me back to his hotel room where a couple of other members of our raid team were. And though I don't remember much at all of that experience, I know that I was completely incapacitated, but safe. They went above and beyond to make sure I was safe until Garrett could come and get me and take me back to our hotel room, at which point he took care of me and made me safe. There are good guys out there. Sun Devils, Rosensterns, Garrett, you guys saved me. And I will always appreciate that. And it is possible to be a force of good when women are in a really shitty situation. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate what you did. And maybe I should be a little more hopeful. <laughs>